0: This is Simply Cyber. Today is Friday, November 4th, 2022. Welcome to episode number 234 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, And over the next 45 minutes, you and me will be going through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be providing my expert analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, we will be breaking it down for you and you will be able to operationalize it, whether it's at work today, defending, reducing cyber risk, or if it's crushing job interviews, this is where you want to be, y'all. Now, before we get into it, I want to show some love, little blue heart emojis to my stream sponsors. Love them so much. Thank you, Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon InfoSec. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadesyber.com. That's Eric Taylor's company. Lot, a lot of time in the saddle, responding to incidents, dealing with ransomware, helping organizations uh deal with these situations that frankly they don't they don't deal with very often but when they do it's a hot mess on fire and you want someone who's been there uh to help guide you through it barricadecyber.com also hello to recon infosec recon infosec's managed detection and response mdr offering includes the people the process technology needed to deliver full spectrum sec ops to organizations of any size their mdr service includes fully managed sim and soar and customers gain full visibility into their own environment, as well as any incidents investigations being worked by the Recon SOC team. They are a full suite managed detection and response. If you're trying to make your, your budget stretch a little bit and you need cybersecurity practitioner help, consider MDR. That's what the service is for In the uh, entirely. I want to remind you if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So, two and a half a week, 10 a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat so you can document literally the easiest and I personally would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. If you are live, love it. You lucky ducks, we're raffling off two Try Hack uh, premium memberships today so thank you david meese we're going to be getting right all up in that but if you are on replay hopefully you guys uh on replay were able to enter the raffle for yesterday which was set up for team replay as well as team live today is all team live we are launching into the weekend y'all i can't what? wait did we just become best friends yep. my man jeremy williams with a cup of coffee super chat thank you so much jeremy williams i will take a slug off the old uh tall cup french press here mm. you want to jump to the news if you're on replay do that when the screen changes but for the next two minutes i am going to be welcoming all of you into chat saying hi having a little a little a little chit chat little coffee talk uh before we dig in little fat boy slim this morning y'all all right hopefully you guys had a great great week um you know finish strong on friday oh what's up george with the coffee super chat thanks so much george we just become best friends Yep. love it love it love it thank you so much thank you so much love the music guys last night bob gorley was my guest on simply cyber live i, I hadn't i had never heard of him uh, until i met him at defcon got introduced by jess gulick uh we hit it off had a great talk this dude has stories for days about og infosec stuff like things that just don't they're not on infosec twitter it's it's bananas what's going on we talked about the original og apt midnight maze he was directly involved in all of it including tracing it back to russia um and and getting into russia and having the logs to confirm it from the isp it was bananas what was going on last night um and kind of a uh, an indicator of you know what what would become you know basically our industry. Um, let's see this. Yeah. All right. So how's everyone doing? Happy fr- Friday, Jerry Christopher Word. Thanks so much, Cyber Munchkin. Thank you. Get that coffee, DJ Bsec. Yeah. Outpost Gray. That's right. Uh, re- um, who who's up in here? Terrence Billingsley, guys. This week we hit Worldwide Wednesday, which was an absolute win. I've got Grayson's joke of the day coming in at the mid-roll. He's teed me up for that one. I, I think it's a fun one. Uh, John Bruno's in the house. Robert Moritz. Hey, what's up? Matthew Netche? Guys, I posted on LinkedIn yesterday about how uh, people who are new to the industry are trying to break in. Um, there, there's a misconception that this stream is, uh, it, you know, not for them, that it's intimidating. r oh, read with the super chat. I'll take a slug off the old coffee for that. What a Friday, y'all. hey what's up doris from germany good to see you Nuremberg. ready for the jaw jackens jason if you got it my man it's what we do it's what we do all day every day if uh brent Curry and emerson are in the house i want to say what's up to them what's up to uh, matt Mears, cousin brian all these people i'm reaching out to me telling me that they're listening but they're just lurking elroy jetson in the house thanks for the squad support alana thanks so much i appreciate it oh i'm glad that our community is not intimidating that's the goal if, we just become best if, friends, if, yeah. Thank you so much. So if if you are, uh, someone reaches out to you, hey, how do I get in? I'm trying to learn more. Help, help, help. Uh, share with them this, this stream. I intentionally designed this to be supportive, inclusive, and um, accessible to everybody. So uh, I will be breaking down certain key terms that may sound redundant to some people, but don't worry about that. Oh, coffee guys. You guys are lo- so much. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love, love it, love it, love it. Love it. Love love it. it. Coffee, thank you. Oh yeah, hey Andre from the UK, good to see you. Jeremy Williams, hope the boo-boo bus is good. Matthew Nechi, smash that like button, that's right. All right guys, let's get into the stream. We'll do the news and then maybe we'll have a few minutes to jaw jack on the back end. We just become best friends. Thank you so much for the super chat y'all. You all are so, so kind, so generous. Let's get into the news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity
1: headlines. It's Friday, November 4th, 2022. Cyber incident at Boeing subsidiary causes flight planning disruptions. Jeppesen, a wholly owned Boeing subsidiary that provides navigation and flight planning tools, confirmed on Thursday that it is dealing with a cybersecurity incident that has caused some flight disruptions. A red banner was added to the company's website on Wednesday, warning that the Colorado-based firm was experiencing, quote, technical issues with some of our products, services, and communication channels, end quote. Although the extent of the disruptions is unclear, the incident is at least impacting the receipt and processing of current and new Notice to Air Missions, NOTAMs, an Industry Term for notices filed with the aviation authorities to alert pilots of potential hazards along a flight route. Matthew Clint, who runs the Live and Let's Fly travel blog, reported that the incident was believed to be ransomware.
0: All right. So, you know, it is is—it is interesting that it's a subsidiary to Boeing. Boeing obviously makes, it's one of like the big uh, airplane makers, actually has a huge plan here in the Lowcountry, putting 787s together for final assembly. But uh, a wholly owned subsidiary gets hit. <clears throat> if it is just ransomware, then... You know, it's coincidence. I would argue that they are, um, you know, a, a special firm that might have access to sensitive information. Um, but guys, I wouldn't put it past threat actors to, you know, basically wear ransomware clothes with espionage intent, right? So maybe you you um to throw the sign off. So jawjackers like me are like, oh, it's just ransomware, no big deal. And in reality, they're pulling down that navigation flight planning. Uh, tool set to find vulnerabilities and geek it up. Now, I will say, to me, from a risk perspective, if this is a pre-flight um, tool software suite, then the risk is a little bit lower. If this is like an active on-plane navigation that that is related to like the autopilot and where you're flying and stuff like that, we all saw Die Hard too, right? We know we know <laughs> we know what can happen if you can uh, hack the navigation system on a on a foggy night in Chicago. But that aside, uh, that would increase the risk, obviously, because it's Boeing, you have to assume that they're going to do a full investigation, call in, you know, your mandates, call in your barricade cyber solutions and get into this to see, you know, was it just ransomware? Was there data exfilled? What was data exfilled? Was the data encrypted? Um, so if it was exfilled, that there's no risk of compromise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but... As of right now, just throw this in the tire fire that is businesses that get ransomware. I literally said this to someone, uh, I think my my Citadel students yesterday. Like I, I told them like, ransomware is basically commodity news at this point. Like there was an attack yesterday There was an attack today, and I guarantee you there will be a reported attack tomorrow because it happens every day. I don't need to prep to tell you about a ransomware incident. One will be presented to me. And sure enough, Jeppesen, thank you. Please come forward, collect your prize,
1: and move on to the the next victim, sadly. Stripe to lay off 14% of workforce. The digital payments giant, which was valued at $95 billion in its last funding round, is cutting its headcount by about 14% as startups try to navigate a tough investment market rush to rein in costs. After the job cuts, Stripe will have about 7,000 employees, according to an email to employees from founders Patrick and John Collison on Thursday, adding, quote, we were much too optimistic about the internet economy's near-term growth in 2022 and 2023 and underestimated both the likelihood and impact of a broader slowdown, end quote. U.S. technology stocks have been crushed this year as tightening monetary policy and worries of a looming recession soured investor sentiment. The layoffs come just months after Stripe cut its internal valuation by 28%, according to a report.
0: All right, so really quick. If Die Hard 2 was in D.C., I am sorry. Um, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. But, but the premise is the same. Airport, church next door, which is like, makes no sense that there would be one that close to the airport. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we all know what's going on in Die Hard 2. All right, moving on to this. Guys, right now in the United States, this shouldn't come as any surprise. Um, a lot of companies are, especially tech companies. There's like lists out there. I post about them occasionally. Are beginning to con uh, constrict, right? They're beginning to t- belt tighten, tighten their belt. Uh, we saw yesterday, and again, I like to keep it to cybersecurity, but this is somewhat germane. Uh, yesterday, we saw the Fed uh, actually raise rates again for the fourth time this year to, in, in a move to try to stifle inflation, which is up 8%. Um, if you're getting a popsicle headache, it just means that like debt is costing more and borrowing money is more expensive too uh, in order to stifle all this. But because of that, uh, spending is going down, right? And these companies can't afford to pay. Now, what's really gross is that Stripe was valued at 95 billion dollars they said 95 billion dollars that's a lot of money dude that's a lot straight cash, homie. yes randy it is straight cash that's a, sh- a lot of money so i just find it crazy uh that they need to lay off 14 percent. they said seven thousand workers remained or or there's total of seven thousand. so that would be like whatever say 1050 roughly about maybe a thousand uh employees so that sucks we're gonna see guys i'm sorry to report I'm sorry to report that by all indications we are entering or have entered a recession and the next six months from now to the summer is going to be um, painful for many, many of us. Um, it's not good. So uh, the, the this is just another indicator of that. In fact, when people talk about Elon uh, shaving off 75% of Twitter's workforce now it's messaged is 50% I saw as early this morning um, that yeah that's part of him coming in and and blowing it up but also uh, it's indicators of this as well so you're going to see a lot of layoffs this is not the last message that we're going to get about this uh, stripe is in many many places so I find it I find it crazy that stripe is being impacted as well since they're involved in any you know any of the transactions so they're they're business to business so it, it's not like they're trying to sell their product uh, to consumers who are now feeling the pinch of um, the the economy so anyways interesting keep an eye on this one
1: over 250 US news websites deliver malware via supply chain attack Hundreds of regional and national news websites in the United States are delivering malware as a result of a supply chain attack involving one of their service providers. Cybersecurity company Proofpoint reported on Wednesday that a threat actor it tracks as TA569 appears to be behind the attack. Hackers have targeted an unnamed media company that serves many news outlets in the U.S. The service provider delivers content to its partners via a JavaScript file. The attacker modified the code base of that script to push a piece of malware known as SOC Golish, S O C G H O L I S H to the affected news websites visitors.
0: Okay. Hack. All right. So a couple things here. One um one really quick, just to, uh go back for a second. Um okay with this stripe in the layoffs, I see people like Kimberly talking about layoffs, guys. Um I've said it before, I'll say it again you know, you can have pride in your company. You can love the mission, you can do everything, but you have to be real. At the end of the day, it's not a family. Even if you have like tight bonds with everybody, it's a business and the business is gonna do what it needs to do to survive, including shed headcount because labor is the largest line item on the balance sheet for liability, right? So I'm not saying you should go in and quit your job or anything like that, but be mindful, skill up, have a network. Be resilient and get ready to pivot if you need to. Hopefully you never do, but it does suck um, getting laid off. I have also been laid off in my, in my history. Going back to this, 250 US news websites deliver malware via supply chain attack. This is very similar to Raspberry Robin and uh, the way that that happens, uh, although that's through USB, but fake updates is another one. W- okay, second of all, the way that news media outlets work in the United States, you know, like WKRP in Cincinnati, right? LOL. They, they like subscribe to like a feeder source, right? Like there's like, think of it as like, um, like a pyramid, right? And news is coming out on the top and it trickles down. That's why local media has news reports of like, you know, crazy crap happening in Texas or what, or like if you're in South Carolina and you hear about crazy, interesting stories in like Oregon or something like that, this is part of the reason why, because it, it's set up in a network um, to, to like feed and push. Well, the problem is automation, you know, it, it's great until it, it's not great, right? And someone, these guys have used JavaScript to kind of push, um, you know, extra code, which is pushing down through this um, affiliate of, of news sites that are sucking it up because that's what, you know, they're executing on it. Unfortunately, it's this malicious payload, sock ghoulish, uh, which makes me think of uh, Shiny Goblin or whatever it was a couple months ago that I made art for, but haven't done anything with. Um, guys, the TLDR here for me is, this is becoming a bit of a recurring theme, these fake browser updates. Um, this is likely going to be the uh, end user browser uh, pro tip in in Monday's newsletter here's what you need to do guys if you get a pop-up right well not you but like if if think about this for a second end users I'm trying to read a news website right and I get some pop-up that is now blocking me like it's 1997 and I've got you know ad block or uh, ad pop-ups on my screen I'm going to hit the x to close it if it pops up again I'll briefly If at all, read what it is and it's going to say, uh, you know, your website or your browser needs to update in order to view this content. Well, guess what? I am incentivized to hit OK or install because it looks legit and I want to read that content. So yes, install and the problem is obviously you're installing malware at that point. Uh, I don't know what this um, malware exactly does whether it's a um, info stealer. I don't think the story went into explain what it is either an info stealer or crypto, um, crypto Jack, crypto jacking, whatever it is. You don't want it on your, on your network, on your endpoints. So you have to educate end users that, Hey, pop-ups. Um, actually I would train them straight up to say, listen, if you get browser pops ups, you have to assume it's, it's, it's malicious or it's negative until, further notice and go ahead and hit that x if it continues to pop up close the browser be mindful you know consistency vigilance this is these are all the hallmarks of what we have to do with regularity to cho- to teach and educate our end users that this is what is happening also it might be worth uh, digging in if you guys want looking into um, fake updates or Raspberry Robin obviously I'll do this work for you uh, in the email but um, explaining what the impact is because if you tell someone hey don't click on this that's fine but it, it I feel like it's uh like an unmoored boat if you Tell him, don't click on this because here's what happened to, you know, Teddy in Austin who clicked on it. And you see how his bank account zero, or you see how he ransomware his whole business by accident, or you see how he accidentally, um, you know, did whatever, like whatever the impact is like resonate with them that they don't want that negative effect to occur to them or to their loved ones. And then they will buy in a bit more in, Oh, what is Jerry actually telling me? Okay.
1: ...use rogue versions of KeyPass and SolarWinds to distribute comrade. Targets of the operation consist of victims in Ukraine and select English-speaking countries like the UK. Researchers at BlackBerry explain that while downloading a free trial from a spoofed SolarWinds site, a legitimate registration form appears. This leads to a malware-laced installer bundle of malicious software and then sends phishing emails to targeted victims. The twist is that the malware triggers follow-up calls from real SolarWinds sales personnel who might contact the victim to follow up on the product trial. That technique misleads the victim into believing that the recently downloaded and installed application is completely legitimate.
0: Wow. Holy crap. Um, Okay, so very interesting. Damn. Okay, so this is clever. So the threat actors have spoofed websites, which is not, you know, like groundbreaking that's been happening forever, right? Social engineering toolkit can help you spoof websites. If you want to get into that, this looks like a legit SolarWinds site. When you download it, you're downloading malware. But the cool thing is, and you know, I say cool with air quotes, it will uh, pop a registration form that you will actually fill out and will actually go to SolarWinds and SolarWinds will actually contact you about your experience, giving it additional legitimacy to what you have downloaded. Now, um, I don't know. If the threat actors, it does. I don't think it said it. If the threat actors took the actual SolarWinds installer and then baked in their malware, like some type of trojan, or if it's just straight malware and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't actually install um, anything SolarWinds. So like, you try to install, and you're like, oh, this SolarWinds product sucks because it didn't do anything. And in reality, you're you're installing a remote access trojan. Pretty clever. Um, one thing that I'd like to point out that's kind of nauseating is that only IT people would be downloading SolarWinds. You know what I mean? Like Carl is not downloading SolarWinds so he can play Minesweeper on his workstation. This is an IT thing. So I, you know, I've, God, my IT people, like I feel like you guys are, you know, better informed and not going to fake websites. I mean, this looks super legit, but how'd you get there? Did you Google it and then scroll to like page five of Google results and then click on something, you know, you gotta be vigilant. Um, you, you know, frankly, this might be the one for, um, for your peers. You know what I mean? Always trying to help my it people out, um, learn, but yeah, this is pretty clever. So I guess you can't take, you can't take, um, the, the vendor calling you anymore as a follow-up as a legitimacy that you're you know doing the things you're supposed to do so very very interesting again um you you may also want to look at what the romcom rat um, iocs are right so is this connecting to certain domains is there certain network activities associated with this um, is there certain services that get created and spun up um, because a remote access trojan for for those of you who are uh, a little bit more junior here A remote access Trojan can do a couple things, but remember, it's called remote access. It's one of its main capabilities is to allow a threat actor or a hacker to remote into your box when they want. They don't need to compromise your box. They don't need you to get a click on anything. It's like a team viewer or log me in or go to PC, right? It's just sitting on your machine. It's just you don't know about it and then they can log in and do whatever they want. Dump your creds, move laterally through your environment. That's what a remote access trojan's all about. So because it's software running on your machine, opening network connections, you could use something like a SIM or an EDR or something to, to, to identify like, oh man, there's some weird stuff going on in this box. Let's get out of here, okay? All right, let's get the mid-roll.
1: UFOs are everywhere. They're in your applications, cloud storage, endpoints, and emails. That's right, UFOs, Unidentified File Objects, are hiding in files across your organization. UFOs can contain malware that exfiltrates data or deploys ransomware. And 70% of UFOs can't be detected by traditional scanning solutions like antivirus and sandboxing. That's where Votero comes in. Votero prevents UFOs before they hitch a ride in on files without detection and without slowing down business. Do you believe? You can learn more at votero.com slash UFOs. That's votir dot com slash U-F-O-S.
0: All right, guys, it's Friday, mid-roll, raffles and jokes. Enter the raffle for the Try Hack Me voucher. We're giving away two right now. THM in chat. THM in chat. That is how you enter. Get in there. Jay Smith knows what's up. Adam's in. Tom Bishop's in. Get your THMs in if you want to win uh premium subscription to Try Hack Me right now. While you guys are queuing up, let me share with you. Let me share with you Grayson's joke of the day. Um and by the way, the I Me, mean, this is what it is. It's a platform to allow you to skill up, learn, educate, both in kind of lecture style and hacking boxes on uh, picking up all that info. Grayson's joke of the week. Grayson wants to know what U.S. state loves to drink tiny sodas? What U.S. state loves to drink tiny sodas? Well, if you didn't know... It's the great state of Minnesota, Minnesota. Thank you so much, Grayson, for the joke of the week. Definitely love it. (laughs) Yeah, so many of you got it. it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. So fun. All right. So, guys, really quick, while you're continuing to queue up in chat for the raffle prize, I want to remind everybody, especially because it's Friday, that if you want to get a Uh, email from me on Monday morning that I draft over the weekend that is hyper precision written to be nothing but uh, actionable Intel for three different audiences where you can read it in about 90 seconds and if you choose take advantage of what I put in the email to instantly deliver cyber risk reduction to your organization literally before your coffee is cool enough to drink you can have done something for your org to help which by the way a you feel good because you're doing good stuff and then b your boss is like wow that brent gree's really a go-getter he really gets after it on monday morning i really like that guy that guy is that guy is something let's let's do more with him all right so get into that if you want all right let's do a try hack me raffle we got 68 of you in chat ooh good luck to everybody let's do it here we go first roll thank you David Meese. I 10 Ziv I 10 Ziv way to go I 10 very nice here comes winner number deuce let's get into it John Bruno John Bruno way to go John Bruno congratulations to I10 congratulations to John Bruno connect with me on discord y'all uh in order to claim your prize again thanks to david meese and try hack me for the uh the prizes just writing it down so i don't forget all right you guys straight crush it hey let me just go close my door really quick enjoy the rest of this song and i'll be back in about i don't know eight seconds Great joke, great raffle. Pumping the newsletter. Good vibes everywhere, guys. Good vibes everywhere. Let's let's finish this news strong. Let's get after it.
1: Royal Mail customer data leak shutters online click and drop. A technical snafu shut down the UK's Royal Mail click and drop website on Tuesday after a security issue allowed some customers to see others order information. The service allows customers to print labels and pay for postage online and then track packages until they reach their destination. The data leak started around 1300 or 1 o'clock PM GMT and according to an alert posted on Click and Drop's status page, Royal Mail shut down the website about an hour later. Royal Mail did not immediately respond to questions about how much customer data was exposed or whether the incident was due to a mistake or something more malicious. I'll give you a hint. Cyber threat lands I'll give you a hint. What happened?
0: All right. I mean, guys, you know, crap happens. Okay. Crap happens. You can go through change control. You can do all the things, but prod, uh, a prod environment is not always going to look just like the dev test environment. If you have dev test, Um, you know, so this story brings up an interesting uh, consideration and one that, you know, people should be thinking about, right? So, a technical issue happens, and and some some customer data gets exposed. People are pissed, but this isn't like a cyber incident. This is just a misconfiguration. Yes, it turned into uh, the equivalent of a data breach, especially in Europe where GDPR is like razor grass, like a razor wire. It 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 cuts it cuts if you if you mess with it. Okay, so they're obviously going to have some issues. Here's the thing. Royal mail or your organization, like just as a fun, and I use air quotes as a fun, I think it'd be fun. I'm sure management would not as a fun exercise say, Hey, like, what if, what if we, you know, like, let's say you're a healthcare company, let's say you're a manufacturing company. Let's say you're in a a grocery, uh, chain, grocery store chain, right? Let's just say for a moment, Hey guys, for three hours, all of our customer data is accessible online. You can't download it or anything, but you can look at it, right? And then, it, and then we fix it. And it's because of a technical configuration. What would that mean to us? What would that look like? Who would we contact? Who's responsible for talking to the media? Do we have a defined response in that situation? When do we bring legal in? Do we get external counsel? Do we do anything, right? Do we declare it an incident? Like a bunch of questions. It's a perfect, wicked, basic, basic tabletop exercise that doesn't even really need much of InfoSec or IT to chime in. They, they should be there, obviously, obviously, but it's a really great, simple exercise that everyone at the organization, regardless of technical acumen, can wrap their head around and actually begin to think like, holy crap, if we had a misconfiguration, this really does have ripples that reach into these other offices and these other areas that, you know, it's basically our problem too, right? So the flaming bag of dog crap on the front porch, it's not InfoSec that stomps on it. Yeah, InfoSec IT might stomp on it, but guess what? There's a a splatter pattern that's gonna hit the CEO, the CFO, the CIO, you know, legal, like there's a splatter pattern, okay? As gross as it sounds, follow me on this one. So definitely, you may wanna consider this as a simple exercise if you wanted to ease your organization into doing tabletop exercises.
1: Scape shaped by Ukraine conflict, according to ANISA report. The European cybersecurity agency, ANISA's threat landscape annual report for 2022 is heavily influenced by the impact of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on the cyber landscape, which it describes as a game changer. It shows an increase in February and March 2022, around the time that the Russian invasion of Ukraine started. And with more than 10 terabytes of data stolen monthly during the covered period, ransomware remains a prime threat, it said. More generally, the use of malware was on the rise again after the decrease that was noticed in 2021 and linked to the COVID pandemic. ENISA also noticed an increase in denial of service attacks from the summer of 2022. Most noticeably, a DDoS attack that targeted an Eastern European customer of the American firm Akamai in July 2022 proved to be the largest ever launched in Europe. White. Okay, so this isn't wicked surprising. I wish I knew
0: it. Like, I, this this bar chart is cool. It's wicked pixelated. It says incidents on the left and um, whatever the organization here is. But it says observed incidents related to major ETL threats I don't know what ETL means like I it's annoying when there's acronyms but then like obviously it's pulled from some report probably this one so they don't define it in the story so you've used an acronym without first uh, defining it which as a academic and as a nerd and as someone who who likes structure and format that really, <laughs> really grinds my gears, man. Like what the hell are you doing? Um, okay, so moving on from that, um, I'm not surprised, okay? This this report is probably quite interesting. Uh, I'm not surprised that obviously what happened in uh, Eastern Europe shaped the landscape for the European uh, theater. They did call out that in February and March is when there was the massive uptick of 10 megabytes, or excuse me, um, 10, 10 gigabytes or 10 terabytes, I think it was 10 gigabytes, a day of data Excel ransomware continues to be a thing I would argue two things one and if, if you go back and listen to the talk last night that I had with Bob Gorley, we spend 45 minutes talking about midnight maze and then we spend the last like five 10 minutes or so talking about this couple things one Russia Ukraine went hot and heavy um in the beginning right the the March April time frame and then it turned into a more of a classic kinetic warfare yeah there's still some cyber capabilities but it's boots on the ground it's it's you know um, tanks and stuff like that, right? Heavy armor, I think they call it, so or heavy metal, whatever. So, the, like the the fact that they're referencing the early part of the war as part of it, yes, but you know, I find it as almost like a a, a surge that then kind of subsided, almost like ebbed, like an ocean going back in at low tide. Second thing, you've got to remember that a lot of It would appear, right, based on intel I have, that a lot of threat actors that do ransomware operations are in this theater, and many of them are Russian or, you know, Belarusian or some like a lot of the threat actors, whether regardless of their nationality, they have some affinity, they have some alignment to one side or the other in this particular conflict, right? I wouldn't say like maybe the Brazilians and Lapsus don't care one way or the other, but for the most part, many of the main players, um, the Revol... The Conti, uh, I don't know where Hive is, but I think you know Hive, black Cat, that that's all up in this area. They are, yes, doing their job of ransomware, but they're also wanting to be patriotic and apply their skills in order to help whatever side that they align with, right? So their focus is less on attacking, you know, um, Joel Belton's ice cream shop and more on attacking you know assets of military value to their uh, to the adversary of whichever side they align with. So that has caused an increase in attacks in that space, but a decrease in victimization across, you know, other parts of the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said earlier, you could pick a ransomware story up every single day. So that it hasn't gone completely away. Uh, but I think, you know, th- those are my thoughts on it. I, I don't know if it's completely revolutionized the the threat landscape. I mean, it's just the threat actors are doing the same. thing tricks that they've always done they've just changed their target it's gone from financially motivated to geopolitically motivated right the motivation has changed the targets the techniques the the threat actors the, those haven't changed in my opinion I'll read the report you know maybe I'll be corrected and and, and uh, proven wrong but that's how I feel about this
1: House ransomware Summit highlights need for borderless solutions. The U.S. White House this week convened its second International Counter Ransomware Initiative Summit, bringing together leaders from 36 countries and the European Union in person to build on the work of its first ransomware summit in 2021. Later, the White House issued a fact sheet stating that throughout the summit, the Counter Ransomware Initiative and private sector partners discussed and developed concrete cooperative actions to counter the spread and impact of ransomware around the globe. In closing remarks at the summit, U.S. national security advisor Jake Sullivan stressed the importance of international collaboration in tackling the ongoing ransomware crisis. Some of the companies that participated in the event included CrowdStrike, Mandiant, Microsoft, Palo Alto Networks, SAP, Siemens and Telefonica.
0: Hold on one second. Drones All right. Hold on one second. Fact sheet. Okay. This is what came out of this summit. We talked earlier this week or last week about this summit that was coming. Uh, huge public-private sector uh, coordination. Thirty-six countries. A lot of the, you know, the Five Eyes were there. Uh, Singapore. A lot of people who are like friendly with the United States, basically, um, were there. Here is the work in the next year. So this is like, guys, if you leave a meeting and you don't have action items, w- w- <laughs> you know, I guess technically, what were you meeting for? Unless it was a status meeting, okay? So here are the action items. They're going to establish an international counter-ransomware task force led by australia okay that's interesting they're going to create a fusion cell what the hell is that what's a fusion cell i guess i have to learn what that term means but they're going to create a fusion cell sounds pretty good deliver an investigators toolkit um okay so a little bit more technical institute active and in enduring private sector engagement that's basically CISA's mission uh joint advisories or ttps that CISA still does that already coordinate priority targets through a single framework Uh, All right. You're going to have to get everybody on board. Okay. So undertake biannual counter ransomware, hold the second quarter, illicit finance. Okay. So it seems like, and it's no surprise, a lot of the call to actions, the action items coming out of this, they spread it around uh, the different countries. So Australia is going to lead some of these things, Lithuania, but it looks like the goal here is massive amounts of international coordination, um, You know, if you use the way CISA has been coordinating again among the federal agencies in the United States, and then with the private sector, basically um, extrapolate that into the international theater, right? Guys, ransomware doesn't care. Cybercrime, frankly, doesn't care where your borders are, or you know where how far away you are um, from proximity. Because the internet is everywhere, we all use the same internet. There's tons of collateral damage. All these things, so it needs to be an international um, approach to defending and and kind of thwarting uh, this type of stuff. Especially when you start getting into not just protecting the endpoints and assets, but actually physically going after the threat actors for arrests and, you know, kicking in their door and breaking up their, you know, their organization or taking down their infrastructure, right? If if, if, a, if a ransomware threat actor group has their bulletproof um, s- servers hosted in Switzerland, right? The United States has no authority to go kick a hole in Switzerland's um, server racks, right? So we'd have to reach out to Switzerland, you know, diplomatic relations, all this. But if you've already got it all in place, you can just make a phone call and be like, (whistles) (whistles) you see what I'm saying? So I like this. I know some people in my private chat circles, like I have a couple group threads with people that I talk to and stuff, saw this and uh, poo-pooed it and said, oh great, like this is going to result in nothing. I'm hopeful. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, People are really sick and tired of getting ransomware. There is real big money in it. And guys, when there's real money on the line, like insurance companies, people with actual, like, legitimate power that can influence at, you know, kind of the geopolitical level, not politicians. I'm talking like people with with money who fund politicians, basically. If they're losing money and they're not happy about it, things
1: will happen, okay? So it's a a fact, man. Deliver security loophole to see through walls. A research team based out of the University of Waterloo has developed a drone-powered device that can use Wi-Fi networks to see through walls. The device, nicknamed WiPeep, can fly near a building and then use the inhabitant's Wi-Fi network to identify and locate all Wi-Fi-enabled devices inside in a matter of seconds. The WiPeep exploits a certain loophole that even if a network is password protected, smart devices will automatically respond to contact attempts from any device within range. The Y sends several messages to a device as it flies and then measures the response time on each, enabling it to identify the device's location to within a few feet. This could allow thieves to triangulate the location and type of smart devices for theft purposes. It's Friday. All right. Well,
0: hopefully when you guys saw this title, right? Ignore the University of Waterloo. When you saw this title, hopefully. You, you queued off and said immediately, this is academic research, okay? This is academic research um, every day of the week. Okay, so what what's going on here? This is actually a pretty novel attack. Uh, the story says that it only costs 20 bucks. Obviously, the drone has to be purchased, which is not $20. Um, effectively, all of our de- devices basically want to be wicked helpful and announce who they are and share and be you know found for airdrop and connect to different networks and all this crap, right? So here's what this thing does. It flies over an office building or you know whatever and it 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 interrogates it just sends out it like an omnidirectional cloud of interrogation and all the wireless devices in the network if their Wi-Fi is turned on, which many of them will be, right? like who who? aside from maybe being on an airplane and even that has wireless, who's, who's turning their wireless off unless their battery's going down and they're like, oh, I got to save my battery. So it will interrogate it and then the devices will respond. Well, based on just literal physical uh, uh, physical distance between the two devices, if my phone is downstairs and Brent's phone is upstairs and the drone flies above us, his phone is going to take less time. It's, it's like, it's like a bat's echo. Um, like the way that bats like figure out how they don't fly into walls because they use echo to like figure out where the hell they are or uh, dolphins do it too. I think unless, unless I'm falling for the Sega game in the nineties called echo the dolphin. Cause that was like his one power it was like, you know, sonar. Right. But you basically do that. And because Brent's phone responds quicker, and my phone responds slower, then you could say, okay, like Brent's phone is is closer. It's probably upstairs. Jerry's downstairs, right? And you know, basically the 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 correction or the solution is this, and the researcher points it out, is that if you just randomize the the time to respond uh for an interrogation, it would totally screw this attack up. Again, this is why it's academic research. It's interesting, it's novel, but I mean it's it's uh kind of easy to fix, and I don't know um what the actual utility of it would be except in like some really weird mission impossible movie where they're trying to figure out like what room the bad guy with the phone is uh maybe like a terrorist who's gonna like detonate something so they fly the drone over and it pinpoints exactly where it is but i feel like there's other ways to do that you could just hit it with like heat heat signature things right and and see where people are um or, or, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, interesting. It's cool. Let's let's move on. Oop, that's going to do it for today's stream. What we got for time? 8.46. I'm a couple minutes over. Grant, grant me some grace because I do want to tell you guys before we go out on a Friday. Um, This Monday, some of you may or may not know, every other Monday, I go live on stream Mondays from 4 to 5 p.m. And this coming Monday is that offset monday and i'll be playing world of haiku which is the steam based game from haiku inc that basically has a really cool rich backstory uh cool little world building element and you learn linux and penetration testing skills tools like hydra john and map which isn't really a pen tester tool per se but um we'll use that i'll go through some dojos i've actually been in contact with haiku the company and they've dropped some um some insights into upcoming features and developments that they will be releasing soon for world of haiku so we'll have a good time if you haven't joined a world of haiku or haiku pro stream before basically I share my screen we play the game I play all sorts of music and we have a, a like a bang in time uh, on stream it's it's a little different than the news here guys it's it's more like a, uh, a land party if you're old enough and gray enough to, <laughs> to remember what land parties are. Uh, but that's the deal with that all right guys that's going to do it for today's news i do want to thank you for being here thank you for the great week thank you so much for all the support you all provide both through squad support and then the super chats come flowing in this morning uh genuinely appreciate that yeah i don't think Nas is going to make it on stream for me uh today or ever (laughs) so all right, guys, that's it. If you were here just for the news, feel free to peace out. I do want to spend just a minute or two talking to chat, uh, given that it is Friday. kid, congrats on the uh, the TriHackMe win. Halo 2 pit land party, Casually, Joseph knows what's up. Kuda, have a great weekend to you too. Matt McDaniel, thanks, my pleasure. Hey, it's my pleasure, and uh, um, I'm very happy to be a member of the Simply Cyber community, as much as uh, I am involved with it. I appreciate being part of it too. I'll let Grayson know you liked it, Kimberly. Hey, Alana, thank you. Another week in the books. Have a great weekend. Have a saber. Yeah, age 10s uh, Thank you. Hey, Shane Himes. Yeah, thanks for the squad support. Not only IT, congrats on the uh, try hack me. Hey, Brett. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, Jim Wales. Thank you. You have a great one. Philip. thank you. Thank you very much. Bill Green, take care. Have a great weekend. Get that R&R. Stormwalking. You know what's up. Happy Friday. Yeah. I I did uh, Rise of the Triad land parties, which was kind of a splinter around the Doom doom time. By the time Quake came out, I was kind of off that. I think I was in college at that point and less interested in video games and more interested in other things. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, uh, Demon Shea, Cyber Munchkin. Have a great weekend studying. Counter Strike, Adam knows what's up. Let it fly. John Bruno, hey, congrats, John. Connected me on LinkedIn. Um, excuse me, connect with me on Discord, John Bruno, to get your prize, okay? Thanks, Carmen San Diego. I see you. Hey, Jenny Housley, thanks for the squad support. Be good. Have a great weekend. Yeah, other things. Come on. Come on. There were other things. Duke Nukem. Yeah, that was a good one. The, play- the Sony PlayStation had come out a few years earlier. I was pretty gnarly at Tekken. Uh, if I may uh, pump my own... <laughs> My own self for a moment there. Hey, Lego set. Good to see you. Rise of the Triad. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty under the radar game, but it was cool and it had really great uh, maps and stuff. We used to call it ROT. Hey, Jeremy Williams. Be good, man. Adios to you too. Hoping for good, good vibes for you, man. Okay, Mister Robot on Discord sounds good. All right, Ahmed, Command and Conquer. It. What's up, man? Alfredo. Hey, Alfredo. I haven't seen you in a minute. I hope you're well. Terrence Bellency, Have a great weekend. Arian Segetti, man. Good to see you. I saw you chime in on the LinkedIn post. Thanks so much, Arian. I hope you're well. Congrats on the uh, promotion, dude. All right, guys. As the music sends us off, we are going to be sending ourselves out. I want to thank you all. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. Uh, Just a little teaser. Tuesday um, is election day in the United States, and I will be uh, not teaching, so I will do an 8 a.m. stream. Um, And if CISO Series does not post a podcast... I'm going to do it myself, which is going to uh, really be interesting. So you may want to catch, <laughs> you may want to catch the Tuesday stream because it's going to be raw, and there might be all sorts of Carl, Carl type events coming from me making uh, mistakes and stuff like that. All right, everybody, be good, and we'll see you in a bit.